This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halos. Between being on Zoom calls all day, having to wear a mask everywhere, and now using your eyes and your eyes only to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite line of brow products that are so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, you can have the most amazing brows ever. They have an amazing range of products from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, and gels. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And Caroline, spring has sprung. Mm -hmm. It is now April and it's time for spring cleaning, right? Yeah, get all that pollen off your car. Do you do the spring cleaning thing? <sighs> it depends. I If I'm bored, yeah. I, but I usually am too busy to, to think about it. I, I do think about it. That's good. I don't tend to do it, though. Well, we're talking about whether women are cleaner than men. And you have a male roommate, your I dude do. roommate. My dude roommate. And you talked to me about how you guys do have some some differences in your cleaning approach. Yeah, uh, dude roommate is super neat. He gets mad if I leave shoes or purses in the living room, but he's not clean as in cleaning dishes, spraying down counters, vacuuming. I, I'm the opposite. Clutter, I'm naturally a bit of a clutter bug, uh, which I can handle, but I can't stomach a dirty kitchen, for instance. Mm-hmm. Now, with the, wouldn't that, if he can see though, a pile of dishes in the, Sink, is that not, does that not mess with his neatness? Well, see, the thing is, dude roommate doesn't cook very much, so there's never quite a stack. It'll be just like a pot that sits low in the sink. So Ah. it's not in his field of vision necessarily. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Um, well, we're gonna get into more about the differences in how, you know, women and men are clean or not clean. And we're looking mostly at hygiene kind of stuff and, I think that we could agree that the general assumption mm-hmm. is that women are cleaner than men, right? Yeah. Men have the whole thing like, oh, they're just these messy guys, they're boys, they're dirty. You know, in childhood, there's a whole thing of how girls are made of sugar spice and all things nice. Mm-hmm. Boys are snip snails and puppy dog tails. I don't know, though. If you've ever been to a public restroom, I don't think you could argue that women are necessarily cleaner than men. <laughs> That's true. But as far as the standards of cleanliness, what people tend to expect clean wise mm-hmm. out of boys and girls, uh, there was a study that came out of Oregon State University by Sharon Klo, who's a philosopher. Um, and she talks about how the standards of cleanliness are generally higher for girls, even by the age of five. And it has a lot to do with differences such as girls being dressed in dresses, whereas boys are in more rough and tumble cargo shorts or yeah. denim pants. <laughs> denim pants. A denim pant, a jean. Um, and she talks about how these gendered norms of cleanliness go back to 19th century 
U.S. and British schoolyards where physical cleanliness was really taught in school as a form of morality. And for girls especially, that emphasis on physical hygiene extended to how they carried themselves and presented their bodies. The whole cleanliness is next to godliness and the whole virtuous woman thing, Mm -hmm. protecting themselves. So Chloe would say that from the earliest age... Mm -hmm. Girls are acculturated to be cleaner right. than boys. I don't know if that would necessarily ap- apply to me. I don't know. The more, the longer we do this podcast together, the more I think my childhood was very strange and atypical for girls. I did wear a lot of dresses because my mother like would still want to dress me in smock dresses if she could. But so I always knew to change out of the dress and go outside and play. But when my parents built their house, they didn't finish off the backyard for years and years. So it was just like this huge mound of Georgia red clay. Mm-hmm. And I would slide down it on my butt in my cute pink shorts. And my mother would yell at me and I'm like, whatever. I like the mud. Sassy little Caroline. I know, shaking my finger like, whatever, Sally. Yeah, I was a mix of both of those. On the one hand, wearing lots of dresses. But then as I got a little bit older, I wanted to be more tomboyish and play with my older brother yeah, and get messy mm-hmm. and stuff. So maybe it is more of an age thing. But the question of are you know, women cleaner than men is looking more into our patterns of cleanliness in adulthood. Because for me, I have lived with guys and girls. And I got to tell you, Caroline, the guys have been cleaner. Oh, yeah? Overall. Women can be very messy. We can be. What's up with that? What is up? Maybe it's all all of the things that we have, which we'll talk about with uh, like office spaces. Yeah, we do have a lot of things. That's yeah. Oh yeah. That's that's why my closet is such a terrible disaster. <laughs> but um, Chloe, you know, ties in her theories about gender and cleanliness to the hygiene hypothesis. Kristen, do we want to get into this this now? We we don't want to confuse anybody. It's kind of a long, drawn out hypothesis. But basically, the general idea of the hygiene hypothesis is that a lack of childhood exposure to germs could be responsible for adult allergies and diseases. Basically, the idea that if the immune system isn't busy fighting off germs, it shifts to developing more allergic tendencies. So, you know, your immune system gets bored and it's like, what can I attack? Let's go for peanuts. Yeah. And some researchers think that this is responsible for increased rates in things like asthma. Right. Um, And essentially, you know, we hear about it a lot. Like the question of whether or not like children today especially are so sanitized Mm -hmm. that we are leaving their immune systems defenseless towards germs. Like let them go outside and get dirty. Yeah, and so Chloe's theory uh, in, in her paper is basically that girls have it worse. Because we are expected from a young age to be cleaner and, you know, more prim and proper than boys are, that we are exposed to fewer germs and and fewer contaminants. And so we end up growing up to be a whole mess of allergic, asthmatic and autoimmune disorder ridden people. And may I please briefly talk about cooties? Oh, yeah, sure. Ew. Do you have them? I don't know. I I got my circle, circle, dot, dot uh, immunization a couple of years ago when okay. I got my tetanus. So, so I probably get a bit. Bo- you're due for a booster. I probably do need a booster. But in close paper that she published in the journal Social Science and Medicine, she cited how sociologists have actually studied the cooties phenomenon and so-called pollution rituals that take place generally among kids between six and nine years old. So we're getting a little bit 
older, and she talks about how girls are far more likely than boys to be associated with cooties and be ostracized as carriers of cooties. Gosh. Cootie carriers. Well, and she links that to the whole hygiene hypothesis and the the greater expectation for girls to be clean because, you know, we're we're from a young age, we're told that, you know, we we might even have this thing called cooties (laughs) and to stay away because we're just covered in covered in girl germ. Did Um, you ever make the paper? Well, okay. See, that's the thing. Everybody calls them fortune tellers, but at my school, we called them cootie catchers. The the thing where the with the flaps and you put your yeah. fingers in it. Yeah, and I you wish open it, and I wish people could see my hands. Our so hands they... are doing the yeah some <laughs> flapping. But we would movements. use it like like a beak to pick cooties off of our arms. Oh well, again, there is a bit of a socialization gap with my homeschool. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I, when I tell people cootie catchers, they think I'm weird. So don't worry about it. I think most people call them fortune tellers. We can be weird together. Okay. Then. Great. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about physical cleanliness though in adults because I think we've established that overall, at least expectation wise, right, girls cleaner than boys. Yeah. But as we grow up, what happens when we're left to our own devices? Is it the same? Well, yes and no. I think men are cleaner in some regards and women are cleaner in others. Um, there was a survey performed by Cuticura Hand Wash in 2012 that showed that men are becoming more obsessive about hygiene. That might be strong language. Obsessive might be a little strong. But basically, the survey in the UK goes against what a lot of other studies have said in recent years, mainly that there's no big difference in how much we wash our hands, brush our teeth, and clean our sheets. Uh, the survey said that both men and women wash their hands ten times a day and change their sheets every three weeks or so, which makes me want to puke. Seriously, every three weeks? Am I the only one who changes my sheets every week? I don't change my sheets every week. <sighs> well, I'm not sleeping ever anytime soon. It's fine. Uh, well, there's a, well, some surveys even find that men might wash their hair more than women, but I'm going to go ahead and say that that is not a hygiene thing. That is a hairstyling thing. Yeah. Because we are, t- women are told to not, it's, it's actually better for your hair to not wash your hair yeah, every day. Yeah, spoiler, I color my hair and red fades the fastest. So I don't want to, I only wash my hair like once or twice a week. But you, ch- do you change your sheets more than you wash your hair? About the same. I like that. That's a, <laughs> that's a great stat. Um, yeah, there was another UK survey among a thousand college students looking at that whole changing of the sheets thing. And it also indicated that, that male students might be changing their sheets more. 80% of them change their sheets at least once a month with more than 20% washing them once a week, mm-hmm. meeting the Caroline standard. Hey. Whereas the female students wash their sheets about every two months, which is surprising. I would, I would say, ladies, what's wrong? But I remember, I mean, freshman year of college, I barely changed my sheets either. Maybe once a month. Maybe once a month. I was there with the guys changing my sheets yeah. once a month. Yeah. But with the whole underwear thing, no big surprise oh. here that women change their underwear more often than men do. Yeah. 42. This is back to the Cuticura survey. 42% of men admitted to wearing the same pair of underpants more than once without washing them. And this was often. Uh, for women, this was just 23%. And I would like to take this time to point out that according to a uh, Keeping It Clean, that's K-L-E-E-N, infographic that Kristen and I found that's great, comparing uh, cleanliness and hygiene between the genders, <clears throat> they said that poop just doesn't 
come off, people. You need to, like, really sterilize that if you're going to be wearing... You can get up to a gram of poop in your underwear if you don't wash them. Yeah, I was so excited slash disgusted <laughs> by that fact that I tweeted it uh, Well, once I ran across it. And I also texted it out of context to my boyfriend, who was then very confused and asked if everything was okay. <laughs> Well, okay, so it's not just underwear and sheets that we have to worry about. Let's talk about our actual physical selves. Uh, an American Society of Microbiology study in 2005 found that women's hands tend to be cleaner than men's. And how did they find this? Did they, did they go up to people and swipe their hands? No, they just, they just plain all spied on them in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, uh, Harris Interactive polling watched over 6,000 adults, 6,028 adults mm-hmm. to be precise, uh, just l- lingering in bathrooms waiting to see if you're going to wash Putting your hands. Putting on powder or not. for nine hours. <laughs> yeah. And they found that women wash their hands a lot more often than men. And this is in public restrooms. And Caroline, the worst hygiene, unfortunately, was found for both men and women at Atlanta's Turnerfield, home of the Braves, in our hometown, represent. 37% of men and 16% of women left the bathroom without washing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. what about all the ketchup and mustard from hot dogs? Hey, these people are, maybe they're drinking a couple expensive beers and they want to get back out there to their expensive seats with their expensive hot dogs watching the expensive game. That's true. This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halo. Between being on video calls all day, having to wear masks everywhere, and now using our eyes and only our eyes to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite brow products that is so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, have the most amazing brows ever. They have professional quality products at the perfect price point. Celebrity makeup artists use Arches and Halos because of how well done the formulas are, and they are half the price of department store brands. They have eight color shades to choose from, everything from sunny blonde to auburn to charcoal. Everyone is represented. They cater to women and men of all brow shapes and sizes. Embrace your natural brow. And they're all about individuality. Brow tools for all looks and style needs. You can use for dramatic or natural look. They have an amazing range of products, too, from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, gels, all kinds of things. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. Gotta tell you about Best Fiends. It's the game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays it sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out, which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there, hit download Best Fiends for free. Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. 
Uh, the biggest gender disparity was at New York's Penn Station, where 64% of men and 92% of women wash their hands. Best hygiene? What up, San Francisco and Chicago? San Francisco's Ferry Terminal Farmer's Market and Chicago's Museum of Science and Industry and Shedd Aquarium. Oh, that's a long name. Uh, were places where only 12% of people left the restroom without washing their hands. But when it comes to self-reporting, also not so surprisingly, when Harris Interactive went back and just called a sample of a 1,000 adults, mm-hmm. they reported washing their hands far more often than the numbers would imply of the, of the people who were, you know, scouting out actual hand-washing instances. But the good news is... Hand washing is getting better. And it might seem like, oh, this is hand washing. Does it really make that big of a difference? Yes, it does make a massive difference in terms of disease prevention. Just the basic thing of washing your hands. And I mean, I've heard people argue, when I say people, I mean boys. I've heard boys argue that, well, it's not like, I mean, I'm touching a whole lot of stuff in the bathroom when I'm in there. They're getting, and I'm like, no, think about all the stuff you're touching before you go to the bathroom. Don't you want to wash all that? stuff off. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, we're not perfect, but we're getting better. And the American Society of Microbiology uh, followed up. And in 2010, they went back to the same places. Kristen, Turner Field was still the dirtiest. Uh, Except for the women. 98% yes, of the women. Yes, it was still the worst for men. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry. 35% of men at Turner Field in Atlanta did not wash their hands, but 98% of the women observed did that is commitment because those lines can get crazy. Yeah, they can. But um, the most likely place for men to wash their hands still the Chicago Museum mentioned. Eighty-eight percent of men. Maybe intellectual types pay better attention to hand hygiene. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but they they were very happy to report, and I'm happy to read it that the 2010 study found that uh, about eighty-five percent of people altogether wash their hands, which is a jump. From 77% in 2007 and 68% in 1996. And I bet that does have to do with more public health awareness in terms of washing your hands, the benefits of washing your hands and disease prevention and all of that. Sure, because we've had a couple of animal-related flus that have circulated. Swine flu, bird flu. Zebra flu. Giraffe flu all over the place. Yeah. Um, but when we do wash there, some researchers think that our motivations, and by our I mean men versus women, might differ. And this is coming out of the American Journal of Public Health in October of 2009. And what the researchers did was uh, put up these flashing pro-hand washing messages in front of, in a public restroom in front of the soap dispenser. And it would change every time to see, you know, for a different tack. So some of them, some of the messages were more disgust-oriented, such as, don't take the loo with you, wash with soap, (laughs) or soap it off or eat it later. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There were other ones that were related purely to uh, being informative, which was, water doesn't kill germs, soap does. Uh, they found that, that men really responded to the disgust messages, whereas women were more likely to wash their hands if they were armed with knowledge. One that performed well for both, I'm going to let Kristen read it, is one tied to social norms. Is the person next to you washing the soap? That was just a solid up talk right there. Uh, add that. Um, and that makes sense because, you know, it is calling you out. It's a little bit of a public shaming if you're not right. washing your hands. But the thing is, though, in post interviews, when the researchers would wait outside the bathroom 
and say, hey, gal, d- did you wash your hands? Yeah. Did you see that message? Not really. So they weren't really sure whether or not it just happened to be a discussed, a pro-discussed message. Maybe it's subliminal. Yeah, maybe it was something more subliminal. And I, I did a little bit more digging on this whole disgust aspect of hygiene because there is a ton of research out there on the emotion of disgust, how it uh, differs for men and women, our sensitivity to that, and how it's linked to things like not only hygiene, but also morality, sexuality, etc., And there are some studies that would suggest that disgust sensitivity is higher among women, Mm -hmm. which would contradict this this study finding that don't take the loo with you is more effective (laughs) for men. Yeah. But I don't know. Either way, I think um, I, I would I would buy the whole thing that the social norm thing of, hey, you know, you're you're gross if you're not washing your hands because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Would be effective. Yeah. Now, what about teeth? Uh, I, for one, am a bad flosser. I'm going to go ahead and admit that. I feel like I'm in a safe space to talk about it. Yeah, I'm a bad flosser, too. I, I try, but really it's mainly just after I eat popcorn. Um, an American Dental Association study in 2004 found that more Americans are saying now that they brush their teeth after every meal, but women still outpace men. A quarter of respondents in the survey said they brush their teeth after every meal, more than twice the number reported six years earlier. So we're making strides. Congratulations, everyone. Yeah, and uh, women, though, are still more likely to have a regular dentist, uh, get their checkups more often. Men will tend to go years between dental checkups. Uh, women are also more likely to brush twice a day. So there's a bit of a, a oral hygiene Gender gap still there. What's up? What's up with people who only brush their teeth once a day? Uh, maybe it is a time thing. I don't know. I'm really not sure. Just like I change my sheets once a week, Kristen. I wash my or I brush my teeth <laughs> twice a day. I'm looking at all of you very disappointed. But let's take it to the workplace because you know what place is teeming with germs? Your desk. Ew. Yes. Um, Clorox company has sponsored a number of studies, not so surprisingly. I feel like I've said not so surprisingly like 25 times in this podcast, by the way. Not so surprisingly. <laughs> I know. Uh, but Clorox has sponsored a number of studies on germs and our cleaning habits. And one of these studies, which was conducted by University of Arizona professor Charles Gerba in 2007, it found that women's desks harbor three to four times the number of bacteria than men's desks. And this was looking at more than 100 offices around New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, D.C., Oregon, and University of Arizona campus and Gerba attributes this to women having more interactions with small children, keeping food and makeup at the desk as well. And even though our desks might be neater, they are dirtier, largely because of the food and the makeup. Yeah, cosmetics, hand lotions and food are microorganism magnets. Um the worst offender overall, though, was men's wallets because they're in that warm back pocket that just serves as an incubator for bacteria. But not so fast, ladies. You're not off the hook either. Most handbags have tens of thousands of bacteria on them. Just just to let you know, bacteria levels of 200 are considered safe. 
But don't worry, men's wallets are four times dirtier than that. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say that maybe I have very low disgust sensitivity with the in terms of pathogen disgust because mm-hmm. it doesn't bother me. Our bodies are teeming with bacteria. Sure, sure, but just don't put your purse down on the bathroom floor or anything. That is a good point. But one thing to keep in mind, I mean, it's not hopeless, don't worry. 25% fewer bacteria were found on desktops that were regularly sanitized. So keep those antibacterial wipes around or sprays, whatever you feel like using. I, I have a huge, like, industrial size canister of, of wipes because I feel like people get sick all the time at work. Well, that is sick building syndrome is a thing. And researchers have attributed it to Bad habits like people not cleaning their desks. Yeah. And, and speaking of uh, women and food in the desk, Charles Gerba, that University of Arizona professor, said something along the lines of uh, if the apocalypse ever happened, he would immediately just rush to a women's workspace because of the <laughs> amount of food that we keep stowed away in our desks. I don't have any food at the moment. I usually keep some granola bars, but those are sealed up. Yeah, I don't have anything. Just utensils, which when you're hungry, the most depressing thing to do is open your drawer and only see utensils that could be used (laughs) for food that's not there. Your imaginary uh, hook food, like when they had the in in the movie Hook. Anyway, uh, so but the opposite was true. Interestingly enough, in a plus one study, May 2012, performed by Scott Kelly, who's a biology professor at San Diego State University. He looked at 90 offices in New York, San Francisco and Tucson and found that men's offices, not women, had up to 20 percent more bacteria. So basically just be aware, people. That your workspace is gross, particularly if you eat at your desk, you want to just clean that sucker off maybe once a week or once every other week. Yeah, that San Diego State University study got a ton of press and like thinking about all the stuff of, you know, like, oh, well, men have 20% more. Oh, but handbags are so gross. All this mm-hmm. stuff. I, I feel like it all kind of comes out in the wash. <laughs> Pun there because I don't know. I don't know that the ge- that kind of gender difference matters that much. It's more of a, an overall message of saying, you know, what, just maybe we should keep our spaces a little bit cleaner. Um, but once we leave work finally and we go home, who is doing a majority of that housework? We've talked about it mm-hmm. in podcasts before, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it's the women. Yeah, we we as women are more likely to do more housework more often. Well, we should say that is in a male-female right, combo right. household. Yes, and that's also in the Caroline and dude roommate household also. Not that we fight about it or anything, dot, dot, dot. But yeah, so we referenced that keeping it clean infographic earlier. According to the research they did for that, men are less likely to do some housework Every day, not in general, just every day. And that's 20% of men versus 49% of women. But when they do clean the house, it's more thorough. Yeah. And the whole thing about men maybe waiting longer to clean the house, but when they do it, they do it really, really, really well. Um, reminded me of a recent article that was published in The Atlantic by Alexandra Brander, who's a philosophy professor out at the University of Kentucky. And she was talking about reasons why, potential reasons why men might do less housework than women mm-hmm. in uh, heterosexual 
marriages. And she highlighted three major theories. One is the epistemic hypothesis, which is basically men didn't see their dads modeling this household cleaning behavior, so they're not going to do it. Uh, motivational hypothesis, which would be house cleaning or running errands is an unjustifiable time cost. So, which reminds me of like, you know, they might not do it every day, but when they do it, they're going to do it really, really well mm-hmm. to make it worth it. Right. And one of the reasons why the motivational hypothesis is compelling is because sometimes women, and I've been guilty of this as well, not just with male, but also female roommates, um, women will come behind and sort of sweep up behind them or even redo what they did. For instance, with me. Uh-huh. I'm a stickler about dishwashers. Yes, you are. I am. I ha- I'm oh. very good at loading it, and I feel like you should not waste space. And I have been known, much to roommate's chagrin, to come behind them oh, yeah. and reload the dishwasher. I do that behind dude roommate all the time. Are you kidding? What? I just, I imagine you might have the same thought when you open the dishwasher after a roommate, boyfriend, whoever has loaded it. You look at it and you're like, in what way? Did this make sense in your brain? Because things are like spread out over the entire dishwasher. And you're like, no, 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 no. The plates go here. Spoons are over here. Cups are obviously on the top to the right. Yeah. And and it ties totally into that motivational hypothesis because man or woman, if that's going on, you would say, you know what? You're going to do the dishes because you're just going to do them anyway, whether I load the dishwasher or not. And interestingly, that's something that Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg has brought up for, you know, women who are married to men saying, you know what? If you want to split the household chores Mm -hmm. 50 50, you need to let them do that 50. Because I think women sometimes unnecessarily kind of buy into the whole acculturation of women being the chore doers, mm-hmm. the maids essentially around the house, and whether we are conscious of it or not, and take on more than we really have to. And it kind of continues that whole epistemic thing, the motivational thing. And then there's also the third uh the hypothesis brand or highlighted at the Atlantic is the structural hypothesis saying that basically the modern workplace doesn't afford men the time to do it. Like if they, they would, if they could, which, which I don't, I don't think again, I I feel like that though, you know, like I guess what can be frustrating about my roommate being such a neat freak is that I'll get home and he'll resent me for throwing my purse on the floor or something like that. But neither one of us has time to deal with it. So we end up over the course of the week building up these teeny tiny resentments until right. one of us finally cleans. Because right. we're both busy. We both work. But as we pointed out, too, in uh, other podcasts, this issue of the d- division of the household chores, not such a divisive issue with same-sex couples. Mm-hmm. Because there aren't those, you know, those gendered norms of, you know, women clean and men Mow the, mow the lawn, yeah. yeah. Uh, where you know it's kind of like you you find your strength and you stick to it. Like for, for you and I, we should probably <laughs> do the dishes. Yeah. Whereas if someone wants to do the laundry, have at it. That is not my favorite thing in the world to do. I feel like laundry is such instant gratification, but I really won't get into all of that because I really, I mean, I could talk about chores. <laughs> but once we circle back around, though, to the household cleanliness. You start to see that a lot of the patterns that we have in adulthood do trace back to those childhood gendered mm-hmm. norms that start out 
with the assumption that, oh, you know, at girls, you need to be cleaner than boys, you know, in appearance wise, down to neatness and cleanness. Yep. So the question of whether or not women are cleaner than men, uh, I think the answer is no, because there might be expectations, but you and I both know plenty of clean, clean men, and I know plenty of dirty women. Yeah. Like, I have had some female roommates whom I love dearly, but spaghetti bowls were kept in bedside tables. Oh, yeah. I won't even get into any stories about women that I have lived with who have <laughs> destroyed spaces that we shared. Anyway. So maybe it would be a good thing for all of us if we uh, abandoned that that gendered notion that women are the cleaner sex. And just all start pitching in. And everybody wash your hands. And I'm really never going to touch a male wallet again because those things are germy. A male wallet. A male wallet. Uh, so I will be curious, though, to hear from listeners on this one, especially folks with roommates out there, because cleanliness is such a such a big factor. I think for room, I mean, the number one thing I can think of with having roommates, like whenever fights would come up, it was about cleanliness. Yeah. And that was it. It was about the dishwasher. Yeah. If only, if I could just live by myself in a silent, uh, cluttery, but clean apartment (laughs) with a nice dishwasher, I'd be happy. Paradise. Yeah. It does sound pretty nice. Well, listeners, let us know your thoughts on whether men or women are cleaner. I know you've got them. Send them our way. Momstuffatdiscovery.com is our email address. You can also hit us up on Facebook as well. This episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You is brought to you by HelloFresh. Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouthwatering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. And while we're under a quarantine, I will say HelloFresh has so many recipes. It's been wonderful because it gets me out of my rut and I'm able to try new recipes instead of my same old, same old. And they offer contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family so you don't have to have those stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. Even better, HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients means there's less prep for you and less food waste. So if you're ready to try some of the delicious food from HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash MomStuff80 and use code MomStuff80 to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash MomStuff80 and use code MomStuff80 to get a total of $80 off and free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So we know, listeners, it's been rough for a lot of people out there, and we've been very open about our experiences with therapy and how it's been so helpful for us in the past and in the present. And because of that, we wanted to highlight a service that we think might be of help to you all, BetterHelp, which offers licensed online counselors who are trained to listen and to help. You can talk with your counselors in a private online environment at your own convenience from wherever you're comfortable. And BetterHelp counselors have expertise in a broad range of areas. They can give you access to help that might not be available in your area. And you just have to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a counselor in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is an affordable option and our listeners get 10% off your first month with a discount code MOMSTUFF. Get started today at BetterHelp.com slash MomStuff. That's BetterHelp.com slash MomStuff. Talk to a therapist online and get help. 
And now back to our letters. I have one here, Kristen, from Jenna. This is about our pole dancing episode. She says, "You talked about pole dancing in the latest episode, and I just wanted to say that I think it's a very empowered thing to do to tell those who would scoff at your independence and strength as a woman that they're wrong." So all the double standards and morality aside, I think that means a lot. It's very admirable. I look up to strong women like that personally. So thank you for the perspective, Jenna. Well, I've got an email here from Tina, and it's about her daughter, who's five years old, and she's the youngest of four. She has three older brothers, ages nine, thirteen, and sixteen. And she writes, "My daughter, since she could speak, has described herself as quote a girl and a boy, and will explain that she likes girl stuff and boy stuff. She is as comfortable in the two-day-old clothes playing in the dirt as she is in a princess dress with lipstick and a tiara." It's unnerving to some people, such as my mom, when she calls herself a boy and a girl, even though they have no issue with her acting like "quote unquote" one of the boys, and they try to encourage her to use the word "tomboy" instead. My husband and I have always let her describe herself however she wants, and we tell her that she can be whatever she wants, whenever she wants, and to try not to draw attention to the labels. She starts kindergarten this year, and I'm curious to see if the new pressures will change the way she describes herself. And she does note. That her daughter has been in daycare, so it's even with that kind of socialization, she still does the "I'm a girl and a boy." That's cute. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. So thanks to Tina and everybody else for writing in to momstuffatdiscovery.com. You can also, of course, find us on Facebook where we do lots of fun things during the week. You can follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast and on Tumblr as well at stuffmomnevertoldyou.tumblr.com. And as always, if you'd like to get smarter this week. You can head to our website. It's HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. The Gold Club was the top strip club in Atlanta in the 1990s, with patrons like Dennis Rodman, Michael Jordan, Madonna, the King of Sweden. But in 2001, the club was put on trial with charges of prostitution, extortion, credit card fraud, racketeering, and an affiliation with the mob. I'm journalist Christina Lee, and I'll be taking you behind the scenes of the Gold Club scandal, from the booty and bubbly to the deceit and courtroom drama. Listen to Racket Inside the Gold Club on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Amy Nelson, and I'm Sam Edis. We're the hosts of iHeart's newest podcast, What's Her Story with Sam and Amy. We both have our own businesses, and between us, we have seven children. And since the moment we met, we've been sharing our stories with each other. The thing is, we all know the stories of industry titans like Bezos and Jobs, but the stories of women—they remain incomplete. We ask questions no one else even touches. We are not afraid to get personal. So listen to What's Her Story with Sam and Amy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.